feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Hurricane Ian is pounding much of the Sunshine State. We know that when it hit land just about uh, seven hours ago or so, it was a Category 4 hurricane with winds up to 155 miles an hour. Massive storm surge, massive rain, massive winds. And tonight, so many people are without power in the Sunshine State, and it is a slow-moving storm with a massive reach. It is humongous in terms of the size, the magnitude of this storm. And at this hour, the governor of Florida is telling everybody, do not go outside. It is way too dangerous. Here's the governor just a few moments ago. There will be debris in the air and flooding powerful enough to move cars around. Uh, So please do not be outside uh, during this storm. If you're in those southwest Florida counties, uh, you need to be sheltering uh, in place. And here is a resident from Venice, Florida, describing what he saw. Well, because the winds are so, I mean, they're up to like 155 and it's just constant. And I've got trees falling down everywhere now. I have cameras around my entire house and I can see what's going on out there. And it's, it's just my fence is coming apart. There's stuff blowing everywhere. It is, it's really crazy out there right now. And joining us now from the great state of Florida is the terrific Congressman Gus Bilaraka. has been in Congress since 2007, uh, covering mostly, of course, the Tampa area, which is getting a beating. And Congressman, it's so great to have you here on the show, my friend. I hope you are safe. Yes, we are. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on, Rita. Uh, we are safe. I'm, I'm in my home. Uh, now, we were very fortunate um, in the Tampa Bay area uh, because, uh, you know, we were we were assuming that we would get the direct hit. Uh, however, the swarm actually went on shore further south in uh, the Fort Myers area. And uh, but but again, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, but uh, I will tell you that we we feel for our neighbors down south because they're really getting pounded. And uh, you know, we're going to be helpful as much as we possibly can. And I I just wanted uh, I'm so grateful for the linemen uh, that are coming into Florida. They'll be here. Well, some of them are already here, but they've got to wait till the winds uh, calm down to help out these people. Uh, that don't have uh, electricity. As a matter of fact, it's almost two million now, Rita, statewide. So uh, it's devastating. There's no question. Now, as far as again the Tampa Bay area, uh, we've actually uh, we did not receive uh, the, the the strong winds that we expected and in, in the flooding. But again, it's uh, we're not out of the woods yet. I recommend that everyone stay inside. And and I will tell you, I did listen to the governor and uh, and uh, Senator Rubio, Senator Scott. FloridaDisaster.org is something that I I recommend our Florida residents uh, to if they have any type of internet connection to go to, uh, and if they have someone that uh, that is missing or maybe uh, someone has been in touch with them but not in touch with authorities, 
have that person go to again floridadisaster.org and uh, and then uh, we'll have our our officials and of course by office as well uh, in the Tampa Bay area we want to help everyone my number is 727-232-2921 and our office will be uh, open tomorrow by the so. way you're a great congressman here you are putting out your number congressman Bilarakis. so people because we have folks of course listening from across the country um, and, and just I can't say enough about how much you love your community and love your state and what a, a great job you do. And it's so important right now, just as you said, especially um, elderly people um, you think about and also mobile homes. Those are particularly homes. Wonder- vulnerable, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're really concerned. Uh, you know, Rita, it's dark and uh, and it's very difficult to detect how bad it is out there for our wonderful people here in Florida. Uh, but we will be there for them. And uh, Rita, as a matter of fact, we don't have a member of Congress now south of me in St. Petersburg uh, because the the member decided uh, he's running for governor, so he resigned. So I I will take care of those people. Uh, Please, please have them call my office tomorrow morning. We'll get them to the proper, we'll we'll get them the help that they need. Again, 727-232-232. Two nine two one. Rita, you do such an outstanding job. I tell you what, uh, I'm going to be in New York in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'd love to see you. Absolutely, consider it done. Consider it done. And and what what's your advice, by the way, Congressman, for people who are listening? And in terms of those who did stay behind, because there were a lot of people who evacuated, even in your area. Um, did they listen to the warnings, or do you think that people are getting a little hurricane weary, or or sometimes well, you know they dodge the bullet, you know they don't know where it's going to hit? Yeah, well, you know, going again. Uh, in most cases, these people have been around; they're familiar with this. Uh, and and some people say, "Well, we're not going to get hit," but I really think, uh, Rita, in this case, I think they took the uh, the warning seriously. Uh, and, and folks have evacuated, but those that haven't, please, and, and uh, you know, be in touch with, with our people because we want to help uh, and, and stay home. Don't go outside. Again, uh, I told you we're not out of the woods yet in the Tampa Bay area. Now, it's headed to the Orlando area overnight, and those people are going to get hit with probably a Category 1 storm. Uh, so... Uh, this is devastating. It's devastating, but we're kind of used to this, uh, not to this extent. However, we have the best uh, emergency personnel, uh, I believe, in the country. And then, of course, we're all Americans, and people are coming, linemen, experts are coming from all over the, the country, particularly in the South, uh, to help us out. Now, the storm is also headed uh, to, to Georgia. Uh, the coast of Georgia, South Carolina as well. So, uh, you know, we've got to stick together uh, and, uh, and and take the politics out of this. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. It is all about helping people. Um, how, right. Is there a sense of how much longer it's going to stay in, in your state there, Congressman Bilarakis? Yes, we feel that it will stay in our state till more than likely uh, tomorrow night, even um possibly because it's moving very slow, uh, eight miles an hour. Uh, That's kind of like being on a bike, a bike ride. So it's moving very slow. We feel that it will stay in our state uh, until tomorrow night, possibly Friday morning. 
Wow. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with you and all the incredible people there in Florida, um, a state I love so well, and you're such a great leader, and, and thank you for all you're doing for everybody in that beautiful state. And uh, I look forward to so seeing much. you soon in New York. Thank you, Rita. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Uh, the great Congressman Gus Bilirakis, uh joining us there live from Tampa Bay, Florida, right in the thick of it all. Thank goodness. Uh, it sounds like they did dodge the bullet there, but still getting a lot of rain, a lot of wind. And as you just heard him saying also, uh, the storm going eight miles an hour, that is a very slow-moving storm, and that it may hover over the state of Florida till Thursday night, potentially even into Friday. Wow. Uh, what are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 one Let's go to Pete. Uh, line three. Pete, your thoughts. Pete, go ahead. Are you there, Pete? Pete, go ahead, Pete. Now we got you. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, my wife's cousin's in Sarasota. He shipped his uh, kids and wife over, a dog and cat, over to Colorado. He had a head start on and he's documenting on Facebook the whole storm. He was an iron worker. He worked on the World Trade Center. Tough guy. So he's uh, documenting it. And uh, Judd... Uh, hit the 61 home run. We were driving, listening to the car, Drew and I, and we ended up seeing somebody had a TV on that we knew in the window, so we dove in the house. We saw him break the record, and I told him, I'm ordering pizza from Gamaldi's for everybody. I get you three pies, whatever you want. And uh, That's great. By the way, you know it's so nice, Pete, in the middle of this all? Um, to talk about, uh, obviously, Aaron Judd and his big uh, big win. I mean, now he goes into the history books. I mean, yeah. it's a very elite club that he's now a part of after hitting this one. And uh, it's neat to be able to have some good news in the middle of all of this, um, right. especially right. with people just so worried across the state of Florida. And uh, And listen, we've gone through it, too. I mean, that's the other thing, too, Pete. We've gone through it as well, uh, where we have had problems here. I mean, you think about Superstorm Sandy. Um, in New York, where we've experienced, you know, uh, what turned out to be, you know, just disastrous, obviously, here in New York. I also covered Hurricane Katrina. I was down there in New Orleans right after Hurricane Katrina. By the way, that was a Category 3. And yet, the if you could see what downtown New Orleans looked like, it was like a war zone. It was the most unbelievable sight. And I remember when we first got into New Orleans And I remember driving in um, at the time I was at NBC and I remember that we were driving in and there were people like, remember the the prisons were let out? Remember they let out the prisoners of the jail because there was so much flooding. It came. They were not ready. Remember the levees broke. Um, There were so many problems in the Ninth Ward as well. Remember there were so many problems and so many issues and um, and they just had not planned for this. They never imagined it would be as catastrophic as it was. Um, and the levees burst, and of course, Ninth Ward was just disastrous. And you could see people like literally looking for was there a place where they could get food? Was there a place where they could get clothes? Um, I remember one of there was only like one or two hotels that were still standing uh, that at least were usable, and most of those, the few that were, were being taken over by rescue crews. You know, that's where like a, a lot of the uh, emergency workers, rightfully so, because they had to have a place to stay. We were staying. I was staying, me and my crew uh, from NBC when we were there at the time. We stayed in a camper and we had armed guards 
literally patrolling our camper because remember it was a lawless city until the national guard rolled in i remember when i saw the national guard roll into katrina there were tears in my eyes i thought okay finally because it was a scary place to be because again the criminals were out there was so much looting remember there was a lot of violence remember even some of the police officers left their job because they had to deal with the flooding in their homes and and a lot of a lot of people got cut off too remember no power no water, no food. I mean, imagine Bourbon Street. It, w- it was like pitch black. You know, there was just, there was like no electricity. There was nothing open. I remember when we finally saw like one place open after a week or two, it was like, whoa. But, you know, that's what happens to these communities that get devastated. And I haven't been back to New Orleans in a while, but I remember even going back a while after that. And there was a lot of the place that still was not rebuilt. And that's why I think about tonight the people in Florida, because after the devastation and Gus Bilirakis, the congressman, was just telling us they're live, what they're going through there in Tampa. And he was saying, listen, and it's heading to Orlando. Orlando, by the way, uh, just because of the, the way it's set up, that people are saying that even if it's several feet of water, which it could potentially be there, uh, that could be catastrophic. They've got Disney World clothes. They've got Legoland clothes. They've got um, Epcot. They've got all of those places closed. It's the first time, by the way, that those locations have been closed since Hurricane Andrew. Um, and, of course, that was in 1992. And then you go back to Hurricane Irma that also hit there, and that was in 2017. But the eye wall of this one is absolutely enormous, and that's why it is hanging over the state of Florida tonight. And all you can say is just check in with your friends, check in with your loved ones who are there in Florida. If you are there in Florida, you just heard from the congressman, go to floridadisaster.org, floridadisaster.org. Do whatever you can to make sure you check on your neighbors and your family and your friends and make sure that they are okay, especially elderly people, because a lot of the accidents that happen in the storms are not just in the height of the storms. It's afterwards. It's when they're setting up generators. It's when they're, you know, uh, the electrical wires. I mean, there's all these issues that happen right afterwards, and it just makes the storm, especially one that is hanging over it, absolutely catastrophic. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in line four. John, your thoughts about all this? Oh, hey, Rita. Um, you have the sexiest voice on radio, first of all. Uh, and, thank you, uh, thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> now, what do you think about the hurricane? More, much more importantly, my my parents are actually they live five minutes south of Tampa in Riverview, and um, so far I just spoke to them before I called in, and uh, my mom said it's just a lot of rain, a lot of wind, but thankfully it's not you know too bad. She said the East Coast got it a lot worse so far. There were tornadoes there, flooding, cars flipped over. Buildings were destroyed, but so far they're okay in Tampa. And it's just, I, I just want to say, you know, in, in these kind of times, it's good to know that, um, you know, everybody in your community, they, everybody gets together and everybody usually helps each other out. It's a, you know, it's a time for people to come together and it shows how good humanity really is. Absolutely. And you bring up a great point, John, because when these things happen, when catastrophic things happen, I think about after 9-11, you know, we were all Americans after 9-11 and wanting to go after the bad guys. Um, Here it's Mother Nature, obviously, that we're dealing with. But, 
it's nice to see that even in the middle of all this, we've been hearing about these phone calls from President Biden to Governor DeSantis. Um, who knows what's going to happen in 2024? It could be a Biden-DeSantis rivalry against each other. You know, who knows if DeSantis is going to run or not for president, but he might. Who knows if Biden's going to run or not? We're going to talk about that also later on in the show based on some new polls. A lot of people say no, no, no. Um, but so in light of all of those things, it's interesting to see people who maybe normally wouldn't be talking um, are speaking because it is such an important issue for the country and they're setting aside politics for the greater good. Um, and that to me, you're right. If there's any sort of silver lining in all of this, that is really, really important to see. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What are your thoughts first off? Um, if you have relatives or family or friends down in Florida, what have you heard so far tonight? We also have listeners in Florida. What are your thoughts, too, of what you are experiencing? Let us know. And what are your thoughts if you've lived through other hurricanes? Uh, you think about across the country. I mean, there have been a number of them. And again, I brought up Superstorm Sandy. Uh, but there are so many that have taken place through the years. What are your thoughts tonight as Florida, sadly, is getting just a battering? And it sounds like it's going to continue for the next 24 hours or so there as well. Unfortunately, boy, our thoughts and prayers are with all of them. And in the middle of it all, some Democrats are blaming climate change. We're going to talk about that, too. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about Hurricane Ian, which continues to sadly pound the state of Florida, and then it's going to move up north. But it is still hovering along and just chugging in Florida. And if you look at the eyewall, like there were earlier today, there were reports of guys who are these hurricane hunters who literally drive, they fly through the eye of the storm. They literally take a flight. They're mostly Air Force pilots. They go through the eye of the storm. And... One of the guys who was doing it said today this was the worst storm that he has seen in his career, that it was so big. And when they were doing the passes, when they had to do the third and fourth pass, he was really nervous and he couldn't believe how big it was and how strong it was. And indeed, when it had landfall, it was a Category 5 with maximum sustained winds at 155, which, by the way, it was just an inch away from a Category uh, 5 hurricane. That was a Category 4 at 155. If it had been up just a few more miles an hour, it was right on the tinge of being a Category 5 uh, pummeling into Florida. But it's the bigness, it's the magnitude, it's the width of the storm and the width of the eyewall that is just continuing to pound the state of Florida. Here is uh, CNN reporter Brian Todd describing uh, what he saw when he was in the middle of the storm. Take a listen completely ripped home here in Largo, Florida, which is just outside St. Petersburg. You see the debris over here, police tape here. We knocked on the door uh, of this one, no one answering. Uh, we're also checking out some of the neighbors to see if anyone in here was hurt. We did get word from the Pinellas County Emergency Management Office that there were other roofs ripped off of this, of homes in this area. They told us initially that no one was hurt, but we're kind of sweeping the neighborhood to see if anyone is around and anyone can tell us if anyone was injured in this uh, building here. Wow, very dramatic. And here is also Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat, 
letting no catastrophe go to waste for political reasons. I couldn't believe she said this. Everybody is going after her on this. Basically, you have to vote Democrat to avoid hurricanes. Take a listen to this one. We just did something about climate change for the first time in decades. That's why we've got to win this as that hurricane bears down on Florida. We got to win in the midterms. We got to win as the hurricane is bearing down on Florida. Wait a minute. There have been hurricanes in Florida forever. I mean, this is insane. How crazy is that? From the woman who announced her campaign for president in the snow on the snowiest day. Somebody who claims she knows weather. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, a special shout out to our law enforcement from around the country, but especially those in Florida tonight who are helping with so many residents who are without power, are stuck in their home, stuck on the road. Uh, so many issues going there as Hurricane Ian is contending, uh, is continuing to pound that state. And a big shout out to our law enforcement that is definitely helping to keep residents safe and will play a big role also in the recovery efforts there as well. Um, another shout out also to Lexington, Oklahoma, a state I love. Well, Lieutenant Keen Allison says that two women and an 11 month old baby were driving through Lexington with their emergency flashers on and the lieutenant pulled the car Uh, pulled behind the car, and the car started pulling over immediately into the parking lot of an abandoned business. So the officer said, as I came up upon the car, the driver and the passenger started yelling that their baby wasn't breathing. And the mother of the baby said that it had been about a minute since the officer had got there that the baby was not doing any breaths. So the officer helped stimulate the baby and also got him moving around and breathing again. And for that, she received an award from the citizens of Lexington, Oklahoma. The officer said that she is so thankful that the baby who's being treated at a children's hospital is likely to show no signs of trauma, which is amazing. She said, I believe that I was in the right place at the right time to help out. And indeed, by the way, the family uh, called to thank the officer, saying that his life-saving efforts absolutely saved the child's life and how beautiful to see that on such an important story especially with a baby not breathing for a minute and the officer just happened to be in the right place to save that young child's life bravo to our great great law enforcement and of course to their families 
and everybody who supports the great law enforcement community like we do here on The Rita Cosby Show. Well, we talked about the role of law enforcement because so many emergency workers are now en route to Florida and will be, of course, after the storm moves through. Hurricane Ian is pounding the state of Florida right now. And in fact, I just saw a big number that in the Fort Myers area, which is basically where the eye of the storm, where the storm hit landfall, 96% of the city is without electricity right now. Think about that. The city of Fort Myers uh, that many of us have been to, I've been to and many a times in Florida, 96% of the city with that electricity. We know that overall across the state of Florida, about 2 million plus are without power. But uh, Fort Myers, uh, where the storm did hit landfall, has had significant damage, significant wind, significant storm surge, and is still continuing to take a beating right now. Uh, the storm is moving very slowly, as you just heard from Congressman Bill Arrakis, who is here on the show, moving at eight miles an hour. So it's a big, big storm just hovering above. And here is what Will Nunley said uh, on Fox News earlier today. He was describing the scene at Fort Myers. Take a listen to how he describes it. You're looking on with disbelief at this unimaginable emergency taking place across the state of Florida. We are about 10 minutes outside of the immediate downtown Fort Myers. We had to evacuate because of the storm surge likely coming in there. And that 1.3 million people without power, that figure you just quoted there, equates to easily 2 million individuals going through this without power. And we just started receiving... Wow. Very, very, Pat, you could just hear the emotion in the middle of it all. And here is Congressman Byron Donalds, uh, who also was just advising everybody to just take shelter. The key thing we want to make sure is that um, hopefully people got out when there were still time. Uh, we definitely do not want anybody on the roads right now. So no matter if you're if you're listening to this broadcast and you're in Southwest Florida, please stay in place. Do not leave. Stay in place. And then also stay in place for several hours because you need this entire storm to move through the area. Um, and so you can so you can get an understanding of what the real toll and damage is. And a number of Democrats are saying, ah, take a look at this storm that it basically shows. What we're saying about climate change, that in other words, you got to vote Democrat in November, because if you don't, uh, the whole climate of the earth is going to heck in a handbasket. And look what's happening with the storm in Florida. That is the most preposterous, ridiculous thing. There have been hurricanes forever there, and including the Labor Day storm. That's what it was called back then in the 1930s. That was one of the worst, if not the worst, in Florida. I mean, this is just preposterous. This uh, vote Democrat to what, to avoid hurricanes? Is that their new motto? I mean, how crazy and how disgusting in the middle, too, where so many citizens across America right now are so worried about electricity, water, food, all that stuff. And they're like, hey, vote Democrat if you want to avoid a hurricane, which is just absolutely wrong and be absolutely disgusting from a political perspective. I don't even know where to begin. But here is this exchange. Try to listen, because here is Don Lemon on CNN trying to convince uh, one of the folks with Noah. This is the hurricane director uh, that it's got to be climate change. And he balks back and says, uh, actually, you're wrong, Don Lemon. Take a listen to this. Can you tell us what this is and what effect climate change has on this? phenomenon? 
We, we can come back and talk about climate change at time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall, and that's basically the second eye wall has overtaken the original eye wall, and that should arrest development. Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. I would caution against that. That's on CNN. And here is Joy Behar. Listen to what she said on The View. This is the quote from Governor DeSantis about climate change. Quote, I am not in the pews of the church of the global warming leftists. This is what he thinks about climate change. And now his state is getting hit with one of the worst hurricanes well, that perhaps, they will ever see. Perhaps he is smart enough to recognize that this is not normal. That this is not normal. What, this is payback for him making a comment about climate change like God is coming back? I, I want to play that comment again because that is so outrageous. Listen again to what Joy Behar on The View. Basically, this is payback for DeSantis criticizing climate change that like God brought on a hurricane to him. I mean, is this not the most loony kazoony thing you've ever heard? Listen to Joy Behar again. Take. I, I'm trying to understand how crazy this is. This is the quote from Governor DeSantis about climate change. Quote, I am not in the pews of the church of the global warming leftists. This is what he thinks about climate change. And now his state is getting hit with one of the worst hurricanes well, that perhaps, they will ever see. Perhaps he is smart enough to recognize that this is not normal. This is normal, actually. There's that if you live in Florida, most of them have hurricane insurance because it's been going on for years upon years. And to sit there, what is it like payback? Like God is like paying back DeSantis for making a critique about climate change? How crazy are these people? One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And here is Senator Amy Klobuchar again. I want to play this because this is so kooky. I have to play it again because she basically told people you have to vote Democrat or you're going to keep having hurricanes. This is from the woman who announced her presidential campaign. Remember when she announced her campaign? She was standing out in the snow because she picked like the worst day of weather to announce her campaign. And first of all, the worst timing in the world. So she clearly doesn't have some connection to uh, Mother Nature because they gave her the worst weather to announce her campaign. It was like snow was coming down and she was announcing her presidential campaign. It was like, why didn't you wait? Um, and maybe this is payback. Maybe she's mad at the snow from that day. Who knows? But now she's basically telling Americans, you have to vote Democrat or else you're going to keep having hurricanes. How crazy is this? This is Senator Amy Klobuchar, the Democrat. We just did something about climate change for the first time in decades. That's why we've got to win this as that hurricane bears down on Florida. We got to win in the midterms. We got to win in the midterms, what, to avoid hurricanes? Is that her new motto? 
1-800-848-9222. Is that not the most preposterous thing you have ever heard? And I also think distasteful at a time where people are so worried that they are coming out and using it as like a campaign slogan. Uh, and first of all, it ain't correct. That's one. Two, it's so distasteful. And three, the timing is despicable. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Robert, line five. Robert, your thoughts. Yeah, great show as usual. I just want to say now the Democrats think they're God. They can do a better job of controlling the weather than God can. Yeah, that's a great point. You're right. It's like it's like they can control it. Like they have some connection with Mother Nature. You know, I mean, right. yeah, they, 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 you know, they, they could send messages to God saying, oh, please control the weather. And besides, it's only it's not America is not the one that's violating most of the, you know, uh, it's not it's, it's not it's not America is not one that's mostly contributing to global warming. We have countries, uh, China, India, that are burning fossil fuels and, and coal. So it's uh, it's a world effort. It's not just America that can control the weather with uh, climate change legislation. And do you know what the problem is, too, Robert? You make an excellent point when you're highlighting places like China, because China, in the middle of all this, there's no pressure at this point that America is putting pressure on China to, like, release, you know, to reduce its greenhouse gases. They're not listening to America. They haven't changed their habits whatsoever, you know. And yet and yet they're, like, telling all of us to go buy a $60,000 electric car. But China, you just keep polluting as if it's not the same planet. You know, it's the, the contrast is just it's, it's really incredible, Robert, at a time where we're worried about oil and gas prices and everything else, too, in the middle of all this. It's like, what, are they going to use this? Like, I'm waiting for them to say, this is exactly why you have to buy an electric car. You know, I mean, I'm waiting for somehow for it to spin back to electric cars or windmills at some point. And by the way, you don't want a windmill in a hurricane and you don't want an electric car in a hurricane either. Because guess what? They're without power. Don't you think there's a little bit of problem? And then some of the raw materials that you do that you get for these cars, of course, they're in China. So, I mean, it, the double standard and the hypocrisy, Robert, is so ripe. What do you make of that, Robert? Well, I agree with you 100 percent. A lot of generators, when there's no electricity, uh, run with oil. Right, 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 right. That's you know, great. I, I guess it just shows uh, the desperation, you know. Yeah, it sure does. Robert, uh, thank you for the call. Okay. Thank you. You're terrific. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Norman, line six. Norm, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. Yeah, first, first thought is uh, Joy Behar is a moron. Anyway, that's my first thought. Uh, second thought is that, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm totally sympathetic to her, people going through hurricanes. I went through one myself. I dealt with Sandy. I had five and a half feet of raw sewage in my house. I was I was homeless for six months because everything was wrecked. So, you know, I'm totally sympathetic. However, when all this stuff's going on and I'm seeing the media's reaction to it, and I remember sort of the media's reaction back in 2012, um, yeah, they're going to use any crisis. That That's my thought, you know. I mean, they're going to use any crisis to win. And I, I believe they're going to try to they're going to attempt to use this to obstruct the midterm elections. I mean, uh, somehow to, to stop the voting, you know. Oh, that's, you know, keep- that's an inter- I see where you're going now, Norm, that that in other yeah. words, they're going to say due to the crises right. of, you know, uh, 
and we have to treat Florida like every other state that right. now we have to open it up for absentee ballots for what, for like four years? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Or, you know, well, the good thing, that's the good thing, if any good thing can come out of this is it's a red state. So the good thing about it is God bless uh, Ron DeSantis and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll keep any of the, the monkey business that uh, that they did in Philadelphia and <laughs> in all the other blue states during elections. So anyway, so, that's, you know, yeah, it's an, inter- that's, it's that's an interesting point, thing. Norm, because you're right. If it's like a Democrat, they might be like, Oh, we are in a state of emergency for two or three years. And I don't want to minimize the damage because there is, I'm sure, extensive damage there and people are going through really difficult times. Um, But you're right. It'll be interesting to see how afterwards. And also, so far, everyone said that the governor's done a great job. Um, But I'm waiting for them to also say, oh, maybe he didn't do such a good job at who knows what. Um, if they're worried that he may be the candidate in 2024. I mean, you know that there's politics are going to creep up in a lot of different directions. Um, but you brought up a very interesting point with the midterms right around the corner. Uh, what could be used as a reason here? You know, like, I mean, you think about COVID, it was like, okay, well, you know, there's uh, there's COVID. Oh, no, there's no COVID at the border. It's okay. Oh, but there's COVID here when there's elections. You know, I mean, yeah. <sighs> Boy, I'm just thinking of all the different scenarios as you're pointing it out. Um, what a mess. Uh, Norm, so what's what's your advice to Governor DeSantis? Uh, stay on the course. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, do whatever needs to get done for the people, but uh, watch for the political monkey making, you know, the, the political crap that's going to, you know, that's going to seep into all this. Yeah. And because I listen, I'm I'm fir- firmly convinced if, if we had hurricane, they would love the Democrats that for Hurricane Sandy here, they would love it because that would be the excuse to like, you know, say, oh, you have to stay in your house and you can't no no in-person voting. But don't worry, you can you can vote with you know, you can vote absentee. They would love it. You know, I mean, they're probably they're probably going to mess with the vote anyway. I mean, uh, half of my friends think that they're going to cheat. That's the buzz. That's 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 the buzz from most of my friends in the conservative party that they're going to cheat. Anyway. Well, and by the but, way, that that is a, you know, obviously a disheartening thing because you want people to get out and vote and you want them to have confidence in the vote and feel optimistic about the vote. Um, but you're right. I do think there will be some politics, sadly. Um, and of course, right now, all I'm thinking of is making sure that these people get through the night OK and that people are safe and that hopefully uh, there will be no serious injuries or fatalities. I mean, we're watching, you know, results as it's coming in, and that storm is still hovering over the state of Florida. My thoughts and prayers are with all those folks tonight. We're going to continue, everybody, with your calls. Very interesting points from Norm, 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about Hurricane Ian. Here is pilot Kendall Dunn, uh, a military pilot, one of the sort of hurricane hunters, if you will, who flies through the eye of the storm so they can kind of come back and talk about how big it was or how strong it was. This is how he described flying into Hurricane Ian. Imagine going through that. The key thing we want to make sure is that um, hopefully people got out when there was still time. Uh, we definitely do not want anybody on the roads right now. So no matter if you're if you're listening to this broadcast and you're in Southwest Florida, 
please stay in place. Do not leave. Stay in place. And then also stay in place for several hours because you need this entire storm to move through the area. Um, and so you, can, so you can get an understanding of what the real toll and damage is. Uh, last thing I will say is um, this storm, because I, it's going to make landfall between 3 and 4 o'clock, like you're reporting, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be nightfall. It's going to be pitch black because power is going to be out in the area at, while the storm passes. So we really want to make sure that nobody's going out and venturing out at night when you're not going to be able to see debris, power lines, water levels, et cetera. Yeah, that's particularly important. We want to see, okay, has it passed? But it'll be dark out. Recent storms, you've already... I actually just went through Hurricane Irma a few years ago. The I had a good chance to take a peek. Appreciate you uh, having me on. Thank to you. Help people understand how big of a deal this is. Uh, took off this morning, left Keesler Air Force Base. Uh and that's a little bit of a report of what was going on at the scene. Just a lot of moving parts here. Um, as the hurricane and results are coming in. And again, everybody, in the last little bit, we're learning that uh, Hurricane Ian is now a Category 2 storm with 100-mile-an-hour-plus winds, uh, record storm surge, and it is hitting uh, heading right now uh, towards Orlando, if you will. Uh, again, downgraded to a Category 2 hurricane, uh, which is still an enormously forceful hurricane. It was Category 4 when it made landfall now, about eight hours ago, we're taking your call about the politics of it because Democrats are coming out and going, uh, well, if you vote for us, uh, you will solve climate change. Uh, are they going to, like, part the Red Seas, too? 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to David, line eight. Uh, David, I find it just so unseemly that a number of Democrats who I think, no coincidence, may be running for president are like basically saying, vote for us in November and we'll get a handle on hurricanes. I mean, that's the most craziest and I think horrible thing, especially at a time right now where people are just hunkering down and, and bracing, you know, through a very difficult night in Florida. Right. So um, I, I'm thinking, you know, just because this hurricane came much later than they usually do, that doesn't mean it's global warming. And uh, my brother lives in Sacramento where there are fires. You know, I wish they would have, you know, have more hurricanes out there to put some fires out. People are, are saying all oh, those fires are from global warming, too. It's just, uh, just because you have fires that never happened before, just because you have these huge hurricanes, you know, at the end of September and never had it before, that doesn't mean it's global warming, Right. No, absolutely. And listen, if you if they go back and say, oh, gosh, we never had it like this, that's what they're saying. That's not the case. We have had these kind of hurricanes for many years in Florida and elsewhere. And so, you know, it's not some new phenomena like they're making it out to be. And as many of you point out, what are they doing about China? Well, we're going to continue talking about climate change and the politics of it. After the break, and also Joe Biden. Oh my goodness, boy, did he misspeak this time. And even the liberal press is hammering the White House. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, of course, we are monitoring the situation with Hurricane Ian as it is still a very dangerous, dangerous hurricane. When it made landfall eight hours ago or so, it was a Category 4, nearly a Category 5, certainly one for the history books. And now Orlando in Florida is bracing for a Category 2 hurricane. Uh, They're anticipating maximum sustained winds in Orlando up to 105 miles an hour. Of course, uh, that is the home of Epcot, the home of Legoland, uh, the home of Disney World, all of these major, major amusements. And they have been shut down. It's the first time they've been shut down since Hurricane Andrew that took place in 1992. So lots of things going on right now. But the state of Florida getting slaughtered uh, by pounding winds, pounding rain, uh, lots of storm surge, and it is going to be a very rough night for the state of Florida. Uh, they say right now at least 2 million people are without power, and that is probably just the tip of the iceberg because it's uh, nighttime there, of course, and we will find out tomorrow to get a better assessment. There's a chance also, by the way, that the rains will continue through the night, through the day tomorrow, and into tomorrow night, just in the state of Florida alone. So that could cause significant damage uh, with downed trees, uh, storm surge flooding into homes. You're seeing pictures uh, that are just reminiscent in many ways of Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Andrew and some of the other major storms that we have seen over the years where water up to the rooftops in certain areas, people swimming in their basements, all of that. Of course, a very distressing scene. And tonight, our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Florida What a difficult, difficult scenario. And here is Janice Dean, the Fox News weather machine, uh, describing Hurricane Ian. This one is going to be for the record books. This is going to devastate southwest Florida. Uh, And you were talking about categories four and five, and we're on the cusp of a five. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, The damage is going to be the storm surge into some of these vulnerable coastlines, upwards of 18 feet. And it's going to come during high tide. So that's going to add an additional one to two feet. And then you've got the waves on top of that. Uh, You know, prayers are needed in southwest Florida uh, because we are landfall is imminent in the next couple of hours. And the eye wall is now making landfall across portions of southwest Florida. So we're going to feel those hurricane force winds. And that was earlier today before the eye wall did indeed hit land. And again, it hit about eight hours ago, but it is still pounding as it barrels across the state of Florida. And here is Janice Dean describing what are some of the biggest concerns, the biggest issues when you go through a hurricane, especially with lots of coastal areas. The peak storm surge, this is what kills most people in the path of a hurricane. Uh, And this warning is 12 to 18 feet vulnerable coastline here. That will overtop homes. That will move well inland. Uh, And that's the biggest concern. And, of course, Democrats are saying, well, if you vote for us, there basically won't be any hurricanes anymore, that there'll be less of them because We are the party that fights climate change. A number of them have basically said that, including Democratic senator and potential future repeat presidential candidate, because she did run last time, uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, never missing an opportunity to basically saying we need to win the midterms, Democrats, because of hurricanes and climate change. I mean, that is just unbelievable and just shameless. Well, meantime, 
Speaking of crazy comments, this is one for the record books, too. And we're going to talk about this later on here in the hour on the Rita Cosby show. You know, at first, when Joe Biden was aimless and sort of meandering in his words on the stage, at first I thought, okay, maybe he's just having a bad day. I've met Joe Biden. I'm first time I met Joe Biden, I think, was 1995 when I was in Washington, D.C. I used to see him all the time, sharp as a tack, very smart, always very quippy, always very, you know, uh, sharp with his answers, uh, whether you agree with him political or not, uh, very smart, engaging, quippy guy, quick, quick-witted, quick response. This is not the Joe Biden that we have in office right now. And boy, if there's ever any indication of it, it's what we saw at this recent event. This is stunning. Because we go back and we look at the digression and the mental degradation of Joe Biden. He is clearly having mental acuity issues. Clearly. Clearly he is having problems mentally. He's an older guy, you know. Um, you know, he's in his high 70s. He's an older guy. And it's just clearly not time for him to be in the White House at this point. And, and I say that with all due respect. But today... This example was just so glaring that even the liberal press corps was hammering the White House press secretary. Imagine that. You know, you had the Washington Post and ABC and CBS asking, going, boy, this looks really bad. You know it's bad when they're hammering. Well, they were hammering Corinne Jean-Pierre trying to explain this one off. And just to give you a little bit of context, this is amazing. He's at an event, and it's about food sustainability and hunger, nutrition, um, thanking bipartisan members of Congress, right? Um, and it's right near the White House, and he's naming a whole bunch of people. And then he throws out the name of a congresswoman from Indiana who died in a tragic car crash last month. It was all over the news when she died in a car crash. And in fact, he put out a statement when she died He asked also that the flags be lowered to half-staff. It was this horrible case, uh, a car that she was uh, in the vehicle as a passenger. Um, Other people died in the car. It was just a horrible, horrible accident. And yet here he is today basically calling out her name at an event, asking, where is she? Where is she? Um, As soon as I heard the name, I remembered, you know, of the story of what happened to her because it was so horrible. I I just was like, are you kidding me? The president of the United States? Listen to this. He's looking for her at an event. And could there be anything more unseemly than he's looking for her at an event? She's clearly not there because she's no longer with us. And he's kind of like, doesn't recognize the name. It's a member of Congress. Doesn't correct himself. And then the White House later doesn't even want to admit that it was a mistake. We're going to play the White House's response later on in the hour, and it is just absolutely shocking and pathetic. They need to just say he obviously messed up, but they won't say that. So they're like, oh, 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 Um, he was thinking of her. He wasn't thinking of her. He was looking for her. And everybody in the press corps today was asking him, asking the White House press secretary about it because it just looked so dismal and it made him look so meandering and so mentally out of touch Take a listen to this exchange with President Biden looking for the late congresswoman. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for 
including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Uh, She was going to be here. Um, Yeah, but she died in a car accident. Oh, my goodness. How unseemly is that? And they want the White House wants us to believe that he was just thinking. He was just thinking about her. And that's why he said that. Is she here? He's like, is she here? Where is she? Could you raise your hand? Oh, my goodness. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour. And is that to you just another evidence that this president is not ready to continue in his office, that he there are just too many things going on in the world that you need somebody with mental acuity who is aware of somebody's with us or no longer with us. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are talking about climate change and how the Democrats are trying to say, hey, if you vote for us, you won't see too many hurricanes because we're going to fight climate change. Uh, they seem to have a, a direct connection to God, according to them, I guess. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. BJ, line five, your thoughts. Yeah, um, my prayers and thoughts with everybody in Florida in the middle of this. Um, Absolutely, BJ, because it, yeah, it's a tough um, one for them. Absolutely. It is. And there are people who can't get out. They're infirmed and they're elderly. They can't get out. So, you know, uh, we have to keep those folks in mind. You know, they, the Democrats never, ever, ever let a crisis go to waste. <clears throat> they uh, want you to believe in this global warming religion, which is nothing more than a cash grab. They want you all on uh, either uh, uh, bicycles and flip flops or driving around in a $70,000 electric car that no one can afford, that no one can charge uh, because the, 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 the grid can't sustain it. And uh, I, I just I, I never it never ceases to amaze me how they just they're shameless. They get up there in the, mid, the middle of this misery and they demand money and uh, power and they try and instill because they know there's a, a bunch of people who do believe that, uh, you know, uh, in all of this uh, global warming religion nonsense. But um, this is nothing more than just a a, uh, a Reichstag fire to get control of the energy supply and to replace clean coal and clean gas and clean. Uh, we, we're on an ocean of oil underneath the, 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 the energy controls the price of everything. It controls our position of power in the world. That's why you're seeing in Europe a backlash of uh, uh, they, they, they come. It seems like they're coming to their senses. They picked a conservative to run England. The Italians picked a, uh, a conservative. The Swedes, uh, the Swedes did yep. too. Yep, because they see they see a a vacuum in leadership in this country, and they see the Americans are not going to be there to help uh, help them. They're going to have to stand on their own and protect against uh, you know uh, Putin and uh, North Korea, uh, Kim, and uh, all of them. Well, you know what's interesting, BJ? a huge part of this. Thousand percent, BJ. Thousand percent. And, you, you know, I don't know if you saw this, BJ, but one of the comments today, too, in the middle of all this, President Biden was, like, scolding gas companies and gas stations, basically saying, I don't want to see any price gouging in the middle of this. Well, of course, we don't want to see price gouging, for sure. Nobody should be price gouging in the middle of this terrible catastrophe with the hurricane, whether it's gas or whether it's food or whatever it is. But it's like he never says anything complimentary. It's like the gas companies, he's not allowing them to drill. 
he's pushing for this, uh, the average American, for this unrealistic electric car that's, you know, 65,000 plus. Um, and get they're in the middle of a hurricane, and right now they would love to have as much oil and gas as possible and not have to think about an electric car or a windmill. I'm, I'm sure nobody in Florida right now is saying, gosh, if I had a windmill today, boy, I'd be really great. I mean, it's like a joke, BJ. Like, like, and it's also this vilifying any moment they can. They use this crisis to vilify the gas companies and and gas station moms and pops. I mean, I mean, uh, like, like, what a what a time is this to be doing that? Like, any moment that they think they could try to use, like to to vilify them, they will do it as opposed to saying, we made a mistake. We should be drilling. We should not have this country nor Europe and other countries in a crisis. The European continent is is, is freaked out. They're freaked out as they're heading to a cold winter and Joe Biden's, uh, you know, giving them a cold shoulder. You know, I mean, that's the best way to sum it up, BJ. No, it is 100 percent. But you, you also, you know, this is how they roll. They, Like I said, they never let a crisis go to the waste. They're like lions taking down antelope on the Serengeti. They see that the animal is wounded. They finish the animal off. They see that the gas companies uh, are, you know, they're trying to reposition uh, during because there's no dr- drilling. He's allowing no drilling. He's allowing when he does allow drilling, it's this laborious process of, of getting leases approved. And it, it, it it's, it's a big stall job because they want to s- install a Soviet style economic model from the 1950s into this country, which would put us back. And would, they don't believe in uh, American exceptionalism. They believe that we are no better and probably worse than other countries around the world. They want a global government. And this is this is a, the energy is, has always been – we fought wars in, in, in the Middle East over it. Gulf War One. they know he who controls the oil controls the world. Right, but that's and, why you don't give it away. And that's why you, you don't, don't, like, tap into our strategic reserves, which is what this president has done. It's depleted it to, like, a crisis point and then not allowed any new replenishing of it because he's not allowing drilling. I mean, it's 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 really a shocking strategy. And I know you get it, BJ, but it just it baffles me every single day, especially as we're hold, heading into cold weather. BJ, thank you. It's always great to hear from you. Let's go to Eddie. Line four. Eddie, your thoughts real quick. Well, real quick, my uh, my Polish dating sister, you know, it's always me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. And by and by and by the way, Eddie, it is the big Polish parade this weekend in New York City. So uh, if anybody is in New York City this weekend, make sure they come on out. Sunday is the big Polish parade. It'll be a sea of white and red on Fifth Avenue, and I'll be there. I may give you a high five reading. <laughs> Good. You better. You better, Ed. You better. You're, you're the blondie girl with all the accoutrements and everything. So I can't tell. I don't know why we don't hear Stan tonight talking about Florida. Uh, I got my sister in Naples, Florida. Uh, my friend uh, Stacy from the um, Mike Gallagher show. We are galvanized by this. We're galvanized. This is like Flores 9-11. It really is. Oh, it is. It's um, horrible. It is. It's so horrible. How are they doing, by the way, the ones that you've talked to who are down there? I can't talk to them. I can't get in touch with them. Um, I'm worried. Um, and then, you know what? You've seen in the past hurricanes, people standing on their roofs with their pets and their family and um, their cats and their <laughs> Uh, the cats and the dogs being rescued by helicopters, and nobody knows uh, that this is happening. So 
thousand percent. And by by the way, Eddie, not to not to interrupt you. You know, I covered Hurricane Katrina, and I went up with the Air National Guard. And I'll never forget. Um, we took a you know a, a you know a, a a trip over New Orleans, and we were part of you know when they were rescuing the people. And it was so heartbreaking to see these people. Literally, some people who had just like literally it looked like a few inches left of their roof of dry you know of a dry spot to stand on with a big X saying please pick up please pick us up it was like you know it was like there were so many of them uh, our chopper was stuffed with people who were just getting out uh, by the skin of their teeth so it, it is you remind us all of of just the real uh life uh fear and destruction that people go through in hurricanes, and it is so heartbreaking. And and my thoughts and prayers are with them tonight because even uh, Hurricane Ian, some of the latest numbers, um, they're showing that there are 90-mile-an-hour winds still continuing in Florida, potentially up to 105. That's still a very significant storm, and it is barreling through and just pounding and dropping so much rain, and it doesn't look like the rain is going to stop for at least many, many, many hours. It's going to be a very long night. And, of, uh, of course, our thoughts and prayers with everybody there. We're going to continue our calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And coming up, we are going to talk about President Biden's brain fog Asking for someone who died in a car crash last month, a member of Congress. Hey, are you here? Stand up, basically. Come on up to the stage, essentially. It is one of the worst gaffes I have ever seen him do. And the White House is making excuses. And it really raises serious questions about his mental acuity tonight. We're going to talk about that after the break. Meantime, we are talking, of course, about the terrible situation in Florida as the whole state continues to get battered by Hurricane Ian. And if you look at the history, there's been a lot of storms in the state of Florida and elsewhere, big hurricanes like this. Um, Sadly, this is going to be one for the record books because of the size of the hurricane. It is just a massive size, the storm. And that means a lot of wind and a lot of rain. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody in Florida tonight. Um, Let's go to Roller in Kentucky. Uh, Roller, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Roller, you there? I can't hear you, Roller. Give us a call back. We're having some trouble. Give us a call back. Let's go to Tommy. Line three. Tommy, your thoughts. Hey, Tommy. Hi. Hey, hey, Tommy. Rita, we got you, you there. Yep, we got you there. Good. So I'm just uh, navigating the streets of Manhattan. Uh, thanks for putting on your show. Uh, thanks for speaking louder than the Democrats' talking machine. That's the only way they sustain their lies. We have to get much better at shouting back, shouting down their lies. Uh, Gateway Pundit had a great article today about Don Lennon's interaction with the NOAA guy, but at the bottom of it, they had a, a great chart for uh, major hurricanes that have hit the continental United States since 1900 going forward. And it's a very clear trend line that they're down. They're down. Everything that they say, oh, the hurricanes are up and we must uh, invest in global warming, uh, fighting global warming, it is a complete lie. It's based on lies. And uh, you're doing your part to it. Thank you, Tom. By the way, thank you very, very much. And and you know what? I feel like we just got to be honest with people. Facts are the facts. Um, and like you said, one of the worst storms that hit in Florida was the Labor Day storm, 1935. 
That was a 185 mile an hour. Of course, it's still terrible if you're going through what they're going through tonight in Florida. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment where we honor the great members of our military and also their families. A powerful story coming from Seymour, Connecticut, where some 60 years after U.S. Army veteran Ugo Zulo returned home after serving in the military, he received an official recognition from the state of Connecticut this week for his service to his country. He said he got out in 1962 from the military, and this is the first time he said that he has ever been recognized. Zulo and others fresh out of high school were called upon by President John F. Kennedy as reserves during the Berlin crisis. Joining the Army in 1960, Zulo then went to Fort Bragg in North Carolina for combat training. He said, we were supposed to go to Germany, but thankfully I never left the States. He said, when I came home, it wasn't like the others coming home from war, but I certainly do appreciate this recognition. So Zulo, along with 50 other veterans, all from Seymour, Connecticut, were honored this week at Seymour Middle School during a Veterans Maritime Service Medal ceremony as a way to recognize the service of Connecticut's veterans. Each veteran was presented with a medal for their wartime service. And as Zulo voluntarily signed up to serve the country, when he came home, he continued a lifetime of service to the community. Zulo said, I enjoyed all of it every day, and I do not regret one minute of serving my country. How beautiful and how wonderful to see that he and other veterans are getting the recognition they absolutely deserve. That's why I always love doing this. I love doing our Support Our Heroes segment where we get to honor the best among us, our great, great veterans. And also, of course, our earlier segment, our Back the Blue for the men and women in law enforcement. Well, this is one for the record books. President Joe Biden, granted he is up there in age in high 70s, he is really not in a position right now where I think he is thinking clearly. And I really do think in many ways it is a really, really big risk. You know, we saw it early on in the campaign when he was running for president. You know, they kept him, of course, in the basement. Remember during the campaign, he barely did anything. He did a few Zooms and there was a lot of fumbling, bumbling there. He made it through the debate even though it seemed like towards the end of the debate he was meandering a little bit, remember? You know, so it was like there are some issues even there that we saw through. But now in the last two years, it's become more and more prominent. And I say this with the utmost respect because to be the president of the United States is probably the toughest job in the world, one of the toughest jobs by far in the world. You have to be aware of so many issues. you got to be aware of the moment. you got to be aware of what's happening. The whole world is watching you. And he has made some enormous mistakes of late. And so much of it, I think, is sadly due to his mental acuity. I mean, remember he basically told the 82nd Airborne, when you get into Ukraine, this is what it's going to be like. Like, we're going to be sending you into Ukraine. And it was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. And then there was the point where he basically said that there should be a regime change in Russia, even though that that's not the U.S. policy. 
And then remember, he made the comments recently about sending U.S. troops to defend Taiwan. And then the White House had to step back and say, no, 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 our policy hasn't changed towards the China-Taiwan issue. There's always ambiguity. We haven't changed. It's like he gets corrected like a child, you know, is like, oh, no, 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 no. That little child, uh, whatever that child said, don't worry about it. And I think there's a lot of big issues with all of this. First off, it's embarrassing to the world because the world's seeing this man who is making serious mental mistakes and verbal mistakes and continuous. And I think that's bad. It's dangerous because if you say the wrong thing and you're the president of the United States, uh, that's a huge issue. That's one. Two, the correcting looks so bad. It, it diminishes us. It makes us look less, I think, on the world stage. And that saddens me, too, because not only do we have him fumbling and bumbling, then we've got the White House team correcting him like he's not important, like he's not the leader of the free world. It's like, no, the White House doesn't stand by what President Biden, Biden meant X. It's like he needs a translator or something. And that, I think, diminishes the president of the United States and diminishes the way we are perceived in the world, too. And then some of these mistakes, they just seem to be more and more and more. And it makes me think that right now, President Biden is actually getting a lot worse in terms of mental acuity. He's less sharp. He is fumbling. He's bumbling. He looks tired. He looks lethargic. I mean, even in the recent 60 Minutes interview, he basically was asked, remember, are you going to run for president And again? And his answer was, well, that remains to be seen. I think even he knows he is not really up to the task. That is just way too much physically and mentally for him. He just looks exhausted. And mentally, he is not the sharp President Biden that he clearly was decades ago. I mean, years ago, he was quippy. He was alert. He was sharp. He could kind of move seamlessly from topics to topics. We had uh, President Trump. We had clips of President Trump on last night on the show. President Trump kind of moving seamlessly about oil, crime, you know, uh, Putin, uh, you know, you name it. Right. And he was like, fine. And that's what you need to do when you're president. You need to sound presidential. You can't constantly be corrected. And things are so bad that now the White House won't even admit that it's a mistake because they're so embarrassed. You can imagine. Can you imagine probably the toughest job other than being president is being the person who has to clean up after Joe Biden? Because they're like, ah, oh, that's not what he meant. He meant blank. Or in this case, there's so many mistakes, and this last one is a doozy, that in this case, they don't even want to say it's a mistake. They just want to kind of go, oh, no, 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 what are you talking about? Well, it was so bad that all the media was grilling the White House press secretary today, saying, wait a minute, there clearly may be some issues now with this president because he just did one of the biggest, like, blunders that I think I've seen a president do in a long, long time. He's at an event in Washington, and it's an event on nutrition. And he was trying to give a big shout out to different members of Congress. And back just last month, there was this terrible, terrible car accident. Um, And in fact, the White House even put out a statement when this happened, uh, when the congresswoman passed away from Indiana in a terrible, terrible car accident, her and some members of her staff. And when they put it out, the White House issued a statement on behalf of the president saying how sorry he was that this congresswoman passed. Also, they lowered the flag. So it was a big to do. It was all over the headlines, all over the news. And so what does he do? He's at an event 
on nutrition. And he's asking, hey, could you come to the stage, so-and-so, Congresswoman? Take a listen to this. It is just so uncomfortable, and it's so horrible. Take a listen. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. Well, she's not there because she got in a deadly car accident and you released a statement about it. I mean, it's not like members of Congress are killed in car accidents every day. This is like it was a huge story. And the president released a statement on it. So what was he doing asking if you're here? I I mean, to me, it's astounding that, that he clearly couldn't remember. He's still looking for her. It was the most awkward, horrible moment. And here is Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's the White House press secretary, trying to explain it because even the liberal media was just shocked by this enormous fumble. Take a listen. Question of the congresswoman. And I think we all totally get why she's top of mind. You've made that case pretty effectively. Um, But I think the confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room? I don't find that confusing. I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have someone top of mind, they're a top of mind, exactly that. Uh, And it is also, if you put it into the context, it's not like it happened without outside of context, right? It happened at an event. Uh, where we were um, uh, champ- we were calling out the champions, uh, congressional champions in particular of this uh, issue, this important issue uh, when it comes to food insecurity, something that this administration has led on, led uh, on uh, from the beginning of this administration, not just across the country, but, uh, but also globally. To me, that is the most ridiculous thing. So the media is like, what? Even the liberal media there was just pounding because it was so... Just, you know, just disrespectful, out of touch, and just really showed that the president is really declining. And I'm sad to say that, but he is absolutely declining. And so Corinne Jean-Pierre couldn't say what's the obvious. He clearly made a mistake. He clearly made an enormous mistake. It was a huge mistake. And there were a lot of things going on or whatever, something like that. No, no, no. She's trying to make excuses as to why he's asking for the woman who died in the car crash that he honored not that long before. Take a listen. Here is her trying to basically do a a circle back sake, if you will. Take a listen. What happened in the hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. What, What happened? So the president was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be a a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, So, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He uh, looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. No, I totally understand. I just I just explained she was on top of mind. Uh, um, You know, 
this wasn't what we were able to witness today and what the president was able to lift up uh, in this uh, at this conference at this event uh, was how her uh, her focus wow that to me is so pathetic and the worst part of it all is what she also said in the context there too that he knows that this friday he was going to invite her family to the White House and sign the bill in her name because she clearly could not be there. So it's not like, first of all, it happened sadly just last month, so it should have been top of mind. Second of all, he was inviting the family and doing a bill signing in her name to recognize her. So that was coming up just this Friday. So it clearly was told to him even just within the last day or that morning that She's obviously passed away, remember, Mr. President. You're going to have the family this Friday, remember. You're going to have the bill signing in her name, remember. I mean, what, he can't remember something from five minutes before? That is really, really concerning. And this is so concerning as we're looking at what's happening in Ukraine. We're looking at what's happening in Taiwan. We're looking at what's happening even with the crisis of what's dealing right now with Florida, I mean, these are these are huge issues that are facing our nation and overseas, too, as well. And to have a president who doesn't know if the person's live or dead, even though he's been told it clearly multiple times, they probably went over the plans for the family to come in and the bill signing. There must have been numerous discussions. There had to have been and probably within minutes of him getting out there. And yet he couldn't remember that she had passed. That is really scary. So what, you're going to be sitting across from Xi Jinping in China and talk to him about Guam or talk to him about, uh, you know, Kansas? I mean, what what are you doing? You know, I mean, this is a really unbelievable, unbelievable error. You know, and this is the guy who's going to be negotiating, trying to, like, get Putin to move out of Ukraine. He can't even remember, you know, who's in the room and who's dead and who's alive. I mean, that is really frightening. Is there anybody out there that just feels so concerned as I do? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Well, here is Corinne Jean-Pierre scolding the reporters for saying, wait, 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 that doesn't make any sense. He can't remember the person died when he was planning to invite the family and the bill signing, and he clearly was just told it, and here he is. He can't even remember that. They are now questioning whether he is mentally fit for the job, and that is understandable. And listen to the way she snaps back at the reporter. Listen to this exchange from Corinne Jean-Pierre. Top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anyway. When you sign a bill for John Lennon, Lennon as president, then we can have this conversation. Oh, in other words, if you're signing a bill for somebody, you could be in the room saying, hey, uh, Jackie, are you there? Or John Lennon, are you there? Boy, this White House is doing a abysmal job, terrible job, trying to clean up his major mistakes. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Stan. Uh, line three. Stan, your thoughts about this? Well, you know, he forgot it. and That's understandable. He forgot it and uh, that she died. But he's having a, a, really, a situation for our family Friday. I think that's good. Uh, but what's more Stan, wait a minute, Stan, he forgot right, it. Okay. He forgot she's alive or dead, it's and possible. he was just yeah. told. Uh, hey, hey, that oh, he, he clearly me. did, but that's okay. scary. All right, All right. here's the point. Here's the point. Uh, he, she forgot it and so forth. But even worse than that, 
is a named guy named Trump who forgot there's a Bill of Rights in the Constitution. Now, he's got dementia on that. Oh, okay? Stan, Stan oh, I, was, yeah, I, was waiting, I, was, I was waiting for you to see Good, how, you're, how you, how you were going to twist and turn and mangle this one. I mean, you know what? You know the one thing I will give you credit, Stan, because you just said, yeah, he forgot. And, and I wish the White House actually just gave the answer you did. He forgot. He messed up. We would have a lot more respect for the White House than them saying, oh, well, it was top of mind and it was this and it was this word salad, you know. And, and Donald Trump, who just did an interview, um, as we heard yesterday, we played some clips on it, sharp as attack, seamlessly moving in and out. Biden won't even do interviews. I mean, and the interviews he does do, the ones with 60 Minutes, are disasters, Stan. Disasters. 1,000%. But I appreciate your call, but you are equating apples and oranges. I mean, on this one, you need to go back to the grocer on that one. Let's go to Tom. Uh, Tom, line eight. Go ahead. You heard Stan who thinks, uh, you know, Biden is like uh, Jesus or something. Go ahead. Well, I think Joe Biden's faking it. You think he's faking it? Yeah, he knows he's going to go to jail in a couple of years, and he's he's. Wait, wait, wait! Where are you going on? By the way, um, it would be it would be nice if he was faking it to the sense not about the jail, but uh, but then at least you'd go, okay, well he's sharp and he's aware of what's happening over here with Putin and this and that. You know, I I sadly don't give him that much credit that he's faking it. (laughs) But uh, but Tom, I hear you. That's a new one for me. Uh, Let's go to John in the Bronx. John, go ahead. Your thoughts. Oops, I just lost you. Let's go to Jimmy. Yeah, when Biden was in his, uh, let's say, right mind, okay, when he was uh, more there, more here than, than he is now, remember, he voted against aid for the freedom fighters in Nicaragua. So he was always on the wrong side of uh, freedom and democracy. What, is so that, what, basically- is that, what does that have to do, though, with him not remembering the congresswoman, Jimmy? Because what a... I just want to keep you focused on that because that is the that to me is a major mistake. And the fact that the White House just won't come out and say, oh, he made a mistake, you know, you know, no, they're saying, oh, well, it was top of mind and and he's doing a bill signing. He's asking for her, Jimmy. I mean, that's what's so incredible. It's like, hey, your hair, please stand up, you know. I understand that. But you also got to look at all the people who attacked Trump. They helped put Biden in office, so they're also responsible for this. Biden clearly now, he couldn't drive a car. I doubt if he could put his shoes on and tie him. He doesn't belong as president. But the thing is, even when he wasn't in this bad mental and physical shape, he was on the wrong side. The fact that he was on the wrong side, and now he's doing everything exactly wrong, you're right. Presidency is a difficult job. Trump made it look very easy. Trump embarrassed all the other presidents. He came in and straightened everything out. He had it running like a fine-tuned machine. So Biden is doing everything wrong. Now, if Biden was just doing things wrong because he lost his mind, occasionally he would do something right. When Biden's doing everything wrong that's going to hurt this country, it's not an accident. That's his history. He sided with the Soviets during oh, that's, the Cold Oh, I War. hear what you're saying. That's an interesting point because – and who is it? Uh, Robert Gates, in fact, Jimmy, too, who also was saying – that, you know, that Biden is on the wrong side of history every single time. That's the Obama defense secretary, by the way, who said that comment. Um, so you're thinking not only is he meandering, he is philosophically wrong. And that's a very dangerous combination. 
Um, boy, are we in trouble, Jimmy? Oh, my goodness. Um, what a mess. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Biden not knowing if the congresswoman's alive or dead, even though he knows she passed away, but he can't remember it at that moment, and he's calling her up to the stage. One of the most, I just think, fumbly bumbly moments of his presidency and there's been a lot of them the rita cosby show and no surprise that's a new polls show that just 35 percent of democrats and democrat-leaning independents want biden to run in 2024 56 percent Say, pick somebody else. And it's no surprise, especially after the mistake he made today. Boy, is he fumbly and bumbly calling for the congresswoman who died in a car crash, knowing that he's going to be signing a bill in her honor and meeting her family later in the week. This is really scary and definitely calls into question his mental ability and if he can handle the job of being the Commander-in-Chief, the President of the United States. one 800 848 Let's go to Carol, Line 8. Carol, your thoughts about this? It, it really is just, it's horrible, and White House trying to clean it up makes it worse. This President, it, watching him is like watching the living dead. This man has done nothing for us. He's brought us down to the lowest we can go. I can't wait for Trump to come back. Because he is, in fact, Jill, she's the worst. She knew her husband had dementia. No way should he have run for president. And anyone that's keeping him on track there, he don't know which day of the week it is. He really don't. It's disgusting watching him. I know eight-year-olds that know more than this man. No way, Rita, should he have been a president. No way. What he's done to this country, it's, it's abominable. It really is. That's if he's aware of it, Carol, sadly. You know, because if you look at what he is doing... I'm not even sure. I mean, this to me was such an egregious mistake. And the fact that the White House doesn't even know how to kind of explain it. They were probably like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I would love to have a a hidden camera on them going, oh, God, we got to fix this one, too. We're going to talk more about it. And everybody, prayers for Florida tonight. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.